0: Amen. We've been reading about the tabernacle, preaching about the tabernacle, and uh, we are now in the seventh verse of chapter 25. Everyone say amen when they have it. Exodus 25 and 7 says, Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so shall you make it. Verse seven, again, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And I wanna preach to you tonight on this subject, praying as God's priesthood, praying as God's priesthood. There is a part of this message that if I stop at it and begin to talk about it, which I'm not sure if I'm gonna do, uh, we may have to stop there for uh, time's sake. Uh, because it's a rather complicated subject. But otherwise, uh, hopefully we can get through this entire lesson tonight. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I pray that you would touch me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet and use me, God, to minister to your people. They're a wonderful people. I ask you all these things in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus. And everyone said "Amen." amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Up to this point, I have been focusing solely on the tabernacle tent. Tonight, I want to look at one of the tabernacle's items, which is not part of the tent structure. This is what is known as the priest's breastplate. The priest could not minister in the tabernacle in casual clothes. Once he entered the tabernacle, or before entering the tabernacle, he had to change his clothes and put on a ceremonial garment. Over this garment, there was a breastplate, amen, and that breastplate is very special and we'll talk about it in just a few moments. First, I want to point out to you that the Bible is emphatic about the idea of change and promotion, And what I mean by that is that when a person is promoted, their clothing should reflect that promotion. Amen. The priest could not step into God's presence. Amen. Casually, because going into the presence of God is indeed a promotion. Every time we come into God's house, it is a promotion from the worldly life to the spiritual life. It is an elevated position. Praise God. And that should be reflected in the way that we dress. We could talk about even this in secular terms. Uh, There's a great example of this found in the book of Genesis 41 and 14, when Joseph immediately, uh, his life changes from one moment to the next, and he is now going to be brought before the Pharaoh, the king. And the Bible says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Amen. Can I preach to you tonight that the clothes that Joseph changed into were given to him by the king because Joseph was fresh out of jail and those of you that ever been in jail fresh out of jail you know you ain't got no gear praise God amen and so Joseph's new apparel was given to him by the king but when he was elevated out of the prison into the palace he had to shave he had to change his clothing he had to prepare for that new promotion somebody amen but this even has spiritual implications revelations three and five talks about the promotion of us into heaven it says he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment and i will not blot out his name out of the book of life but i will confess his name before my father and before his angels here we see a beautiful picture of the promotion of a saint of god from earth into heaven and one of the first things that happens is there is a change in his apparel. Praise God. And so when we go into God's presence and when we come into the house of the Lord, we need to acknowledge that that is a promotion and an elevation in status. Somebody say praise God. Now while all of the priest clothing was significant and symbolic, there's one article in of his garments that we're going to focus on tonight. It is the breastplate. This breastplate, if you've never seen it, is square. And on the On the inside or or embedded into this breastplate, there are 12 unique and precious stones. Each one of those stones represents the 12 tribes of Israel. When the priest entered into the Holy of Holies to minister before God, he did so with all of Israel on his heart literally. Amen. The breastplate was a weighty reminder to the priest that he is not in the presence of God and in the office of the priest as an individual, but as a member and as a representative of a larger community. When he stepped into God's glory to pray, he was not there to pray for himself and for his family. He was not there to pray about his situation and his circumstances. He was there to intercede for God's people. Amen. The Bible even says, That this breastplate, amen, had two shoulder straps and there was two, uh, there was two uh, stones on the shoulder straps as well. Each one of those stones had six of the names of the tribes of Israel. Literally the priest, spiritually speaking, was bearing the burden of God's people on his shoulders. And this was the point of entering into God's presence. So tonight I want to preach to you about praying as God's priesthood. First Peter two and five says, you all Also, speaking of the Old Testament priest, Peter says, you also are a holy priesthood. Let me just tell you right now, when early Christians read that, they interpreted it just the way we are interpreting it tonight, that we have an obligation to enter into the presence of God as representatives and as part of a larger community. Amen. And we need to know how to pray for God's people. We are God's New Testament priest. And like the priest of the Old Testament... We must know how to pray for our people. Amen. The tabernacle that we've been studying these last several weeks teaches us several ways in which we support our church. We have seen very clearly week after week how that we should support our church with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. The tabernacle took a lot of time to make. All of the articles of the tabernacle, amen, were time-consuming. They required specific and accurate measurements Amen. This was not something that was done overnight. Amen. It was God's people's job to take their time in making the sanctuary. Amen. The tabernacle required the children of Israel's talents. All of the articles of the tabernacle, amen, required God to pour out a spirit of wisdom on certain individuals to help make this tent come together. Amen. It required treasure. Amen. All of the articles of the tabernacle were expensive and they were costly. The people had to give in order to support the erection and the making of this tabernacle but tonight I want to insert the final piece of the puzzle supporting your church in prayer we have to support our church with time talent and treasure but let us not forget the need to support our church in prayer learning how to pray for your church when you are in God's presence is critical it's not something that a saint of God should never be taught on amen you must be taught how to pray for God's people. We can't just say, God bless sister so-and-so, and and, God bless brother so-and-so. That's not going to get the job done. It has to be weighty. It has to be a burden. It has to be in your heart. Praise God. It has to be taught to you. Praise God. And so tonight, we're going to preach about learning how to pray as God's priesthood. Learning how to pray for God's people and God's presence. Amen. We must pray for our brothers and our sisters. Praying for each other has always been part of the apostolic attitude. Praying for what one another has always been part of the apostolic state of mind. Amen. In Philippians 1 and 9, Colossians 1 and 19, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 11, Paul specifically states that he prays for all the saints. He prays for all the saints. So what does he pray In Philippians 1 and 9, Paul prays that their love will keep on growing and that they will fully know and understand how to make right choices, that they be pure and innocent when Christ returns and that Jesus Christ keeps them busy doing good deeds that bring him glory. In Colossians 1 and 9, Paul prays that God will show the church, the saints, everything he wants them to do and that they may have a well of wisdom and understanding that only the Spirit can give. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 11, Paul prays that all the church, all the saints, will make themselves worthy of being God's people and that God's power help them to do all the good things that they hope to do and that their faith makes them want to do. This is how we pray for God's people. One of the most famous prayers in all the Bible amen, is the high priestly prayer of Jesus found in John 17. Now, I, I'm going to get into this and see if, uh, l- let me say this, when you talk about Jesus praying, a lot of people wonder, uh, we believe that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. So who did Jesus pray to? Was he praying to himself? And this is uh, uh, this is an, uh, a particular issue that confuses a lot of people. And uh, you have a lot of people that will attack oneness believers and say, you people believe that God talks to himself. Well, what they don't tell you is that their uh, conclusions are much worse. Their conclusions are that you have a God who is comprised of three persons Each separate and distinct. And according to their doctrine, all three of these people are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent. And if you have one God praying to another God, then they are not co-equal. Because the very act of prayer itself is a person praying to a higher power and so if Jesus is praying to the to father God then that means he is subordinate to father God and you cannot have that according to their doctrine amen we believe that Jesus did submit amen to God amen we believe that Jesus being equal with God thought it not robbery to be called God but he willingly submitted himself to the spirit of God that dwelt inside of him amen yeah Don't you ever get on the defensive about this. Because trust me, people's others, the conclusions of others are much worse and much more heretical than anything you and I could ever accidentally say or explain. But let me just talk to you a little bit about Jesus' prayers or how Jesus prays. Jesus was fully God and man. We do not believe that Jesus was half God, half man. He was all man and he was all God. Jesus prayed because he was human. If Jesus did not pray, then we have every right to believe that he was not human. Because because he was human, amen, then he too must come to God in prayer. Psalm 65 and 2 says, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. If you are a human being, amen, you must come to God in prayer. And Jesus was all man, and therefore he had to pray. The incarnation, the word incarnation is a Latin word, Greek word, literally meaning to, 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 To become flesh, carne, amen. To become flesh, amen. And so the incarnation is God coming in human form. God becoming a man, amen. It is one God, but something happens interesting in the incarnation. What you have now is one God existing in two ways. You have God now existing in a way in which he's never existed. He is now existing as a man. And because he is existing as a man, he has particular limitations. God just went from running the race and having no competition to running in a potato sack. <laughs> right? You ever run in a potato sack? It's, you're, it's tough. Yeah, you're going to bust your mouth. Praise God. You're going to fall. It's going to be hard. It's going to be complicated. And God goes from being unequaled, unrivaled, unmatched, to now limiting himself, being born of a woman, spending years as a baby, as a child. And and I don't want to get into this, but there are even those among us that believe that Jesus had no idea who he was until he was baptized. Don't believe that. Jesus always knew who he was. Jesus always had full knowledge and revelation of who he was. And there there, there are those who have now left apostolic and pentecostal ranks that believe that jesus had divine flesh magical flesh that he was somehow different than us he was just like us that's why the bible calls him amen the son of man amen son of man means human it's just another phrase for human beings and so in his carnal, in his flesh in his incarnation he was fully man he experienced life just like we do hurts pains hungers tiredness, sleepiness, amen, alertness, everything. The Bible even says he had a soul. He grieved, he wept, he was broken. These are feelings that God would normally not feel. These are experiences that God would normally not have. But when he became a man, he was now God existing in two ways, as God and as man. God's dual nature means that the human nature jesus the human nature has need of the divine nature because remember jesus could not sin and you're not going to you don't overcome sin on your own the flesh does not overcome sin on on its own if that were the case you and me wouldn't need god amen but we need god Unto thee shall all flesh come in prayer. And so what you are seeing is the consciousness of humanity praying, amen, to divinity. It's praying to God. It's asking for help. Not my will, but thy will be done. Even if you are God incarnate, going to the cross is not easy. Even if you are God incarnate, you get tired carrying a cross up Mount Galgotha. amen, praise God. Even if you are God in flesh, being crucified does not feel good. You are going to need divine assistance. You are going to need to ask for the all-powerful God to help you do and to help you perform the plan that he has prepared for you. Amen. Since since the beginning of time, because he, before time, because he is the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Somebody say praise the Lord. But in John 17, Jesus prays for his disciples. Like the priest he carries with him a burden for the people or the men that God gave him. So we're going to look at this prayer for just a few seconds and let it speak to us today. In 17 and 11, Jesus says, Oh, Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are one. Most theologians, and there would be a minority who would not agree with this, would tell you that that verse should read this way. Oh, Holy Father, keep them through thine own name, which thou hast given me. In other words, Jesus is praying and he's saying, oh, Father, keep them. Amen. Through the power of the name that you have given to me, your name. I have your name. I am, uh, that is me, amen. Jesus is acknowledging that he has the name of the one true God. And Jesus is asking that the disciples be kept because they have a knowledge of who Jesus is. I'm telling you right now, it's something special to know who Jesus is. And Jesus, Jesus understood that the people who know who he is will come under persecution and attack. Jesus understands that there is nobody amen like the people of the name we don't just have some old other name amen i know that there's a lot of people called jesus but we're not talking about that today praise god we're talking about people that have the name of the god incarnate placed upon them stamped on their soul and i'm just gonna tell you the devil's got a special place in his heart for you my friend hallelujah he don't like people amen that preach that name amen because the bible says that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved it is appalling and ridiculous to me that anybody who calls themselves a christian would not want the name of jesus christ applied over them in baptism praise god He says, I want you to keep these guys because they know who I am. And he says, I pray that they, that they stay true in the doctrine and that they stay united. Doctrine and unity. What does this prayer sound like when you're praying for your brother or your sister? It sounds a little something like this. God, we have your name on our soul protect us and keep us united you are one make us one praise god when you pray for your brother when you pray for your sister remind god talk to god tell god your name is on them keep your hands on them and jesus don't let any division come into your church because there's no other church like this church because there's only one lord and there's only one faith And there's only one baptism. And God, we need you to keep your hands on us. And I'm just going to give you a start, hopefully a a stern warning here. Amen. The greatest enemy to the apostolic church is not false doctrine. It's apostolics. And that's why Jesus says, I'm going to pray for y'all that you don't get all crossed up because you guys will hurt yourselves worse than anybody else can hurt you. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm just tired of not being, I'm just tired of all the division. Praise God. And I'm telling you, I'm starting to feel convicted. I'm, I'm starting to feel bad that when we see other apostolics out and about, we don't want to greet them or talk to them that ought not be the case praise god i'm tired of all this division praise god we should we we come on hallelujah if your oneness makes you exclude other oneness people then your oneness ain't so oneness praise god hallelujah amen come on somebody we got to be oneness amen some people are careful not to divide the godhead but they divide god's body hallelujah we ain't gonna play that game around here praise god and we and and, and if you if you're ever if you ever get worried about east bay bible fellowship don't worry about pastor pastor's preaching it straight but if you want to worry about east bay bible fellowship and the future of this church then then the one thing you ought to be praying is god keep us united god don't let me cause division god don't let come on somebody Oh, hallelujah. Verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. While none of his disciples, nor us, were crazy about the world they lived in, this prayer is a reminder that Jesus is in no hurry to get us out of here. Jesus called us to be the light, not a flash of light. He called us to be a city set on a hill, not a mobile home. So Jesus, you got to understand what Jesus is praying here is his interests on us. And he's saying, I have a desire to have a global harvest. I want this gospel to be preached all over the world. And angels aren't going to do it. And I'm not going to raise up Moses from the dead to do it. My disciples are going to do it. And so I'm not praying that they get out of here anytime soon. I'm praying that while they are here, they are a light and a witness. He says, the only thing I'm going to pray is that you keep them from evil. And in Greek, it actually reads the evil one. In other words, Satan. And so what Jesus is saying is I'm not praying that you guys get out of here. I'm praying that you don't backslide while you are here. Because if you backslide and you fall into the hands of Satan, that would be, that would be accomplishing this mission in reverse because you will now be a witness for the wrong team. Praise God. Because when somebody backslides, no matter how we want to put it, we, and I know people that come up with all kinds of fancy names for backsliding and they, they they've just strayed and they're just wandering and they're just they're just you know they're they're just sowing their wild oats. i don't know what people want to call it these days but i'm gonna tell you what jesus calls it he calls it being on the wrong team praise god you have fallen into the hands of satan amen hallelujah when you backslide you fall into the hands of the devil and i wish i could get a little amen from somebody around here praise god amen i'm, I'm just telling you amen uh the, Backsliding ain't no joke. When you get away from God, the devil's going to chew you up and spit you out. The devil will have his, I'm telling you, the Bible says a spirit seven times worse will come on an individual. Jesus says, "I'm the only thing I'm praying, amen, is that while you're here, you don't go back to the devil like, come on. So what does this prayer sound like? God, you know this world is not easy to live in but we are here to be a light. Please keep brother and sister so-and-so from falling into the hands of Satan because this will be a bad witness, the opposite of what you want. You ought to pray that. Pray that for your pastor. Pray that for your children. Pray that for your father and your mother. Come on. Hey, hey! let's just keep it. Let's just be honest tonight. All of us have backslid relatives. All of us have friends that have left. And you run into that one person that says, so-and-so used to go to your church. Man, I was talking to them the other day. They had a mouthful. It's, it's witnessing in reverse. And so we ought to pray fervently for one another. That none of us fall into the hands of Satan. Because this is not what God wants. God wants us, amen, to be lights while we're here. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Amen, that God keep them strong in the faith, grounded in the faith, faithful to church, and a fiery witness for his name. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus' prayer is that they, his disciples, might be fully consecrated to the work of the ministry and separated from all worldly concerns, that they might be holy and examples of holiness to those whom they witness to. Jesus prays that this be accomplished through the word of God. So what does this prayer sound like? God, help us to be serious about church. God, help us to be serious about church. God, help us to be a good example. God, help us to be devoted to reading our Bibles. Yeah, come on. That's a good prayer. We ought to pray for one another. That we read our Bibles. That word, that word sanctify means to cleanse, to make pure. You know, I don't have time to get into all this. But all these words that Jesus is using are the same words that are used in the tabernacle. He is praying. That's why theologians down through the years said, you know, he's praying like a high priest. Uh He's praying for the, for that God consecrate, Uh that God sanctify. And so Jesus here says, hey, that, that purification, I'm going to tell you something right now. I could preach holiness all day and that'll get, that'll get a lot of us to shape up and straighten out. But I'm telling you right now, if you ever get somebody reading their Bible, amen, and I mean really reading their Bible, amen, conviction will come on them. Praise God, and it'll get in their heart. And and I'm you parents, uh, I think you're you're in the same category as I am. I worry about not just getting my children saved, but making sure that they have a standard of holiness that's a light and a witness to the world around them. But I don't. I I also realize that standards and and modesty and holiness if not applied correctly, can be dangerous. It can be harmful. It can become a weapon. Amen. It can become destructive and counterproductive. But let me tell you, let me just tell you, there's a word out there. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. And it divides and it pierces asunder. Amen. The bone and the marrow. Amen. The spirit and the heart and the mind of a human being, even a small human being. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, I've been, we have Bible study at my house with my kids and they, they, man, and they feel it they the word of God talks to them it, it, it gives them convictions amen it, and man it makes them it makes them curse Halloween hallelujah praise God amen I don't got to teach it to them the word of God puts it in them hallelujah yeah come on Uh, Come on, I'm praying for you that God would give you a burden to read your Bible. Amen. We, We don't just need revival. We need Bible revival. Hallelujah. We need moms and dads. Well, my kid don't understand King James English. I am telling you as your pastor, go find you a Bible that your kids do understand and read it with them. But don't let them be a dried up root. Praise God. Amen. Water that little plant. Water that seed. Water that little tree. Amen. Get the word of God in them. Amen. Hallelujah. Talk to them. Tell them Bible stories. You know, a lot of people not agree with this but I don't care praise God Uh, you know God had commanded the Israelite men to tell the story of the exodus to their children during the Passover Uh they didn't have Bibles Uh they didn't even have an Old Testament Uh it was their job to listen Uh and then repeat and where'd they do it? at the dinner table praise God talk about it at dinner time talk about it at dinner time and if and if you don't feel like you're like you're you're capable of quoting a thousand just re, just put on repeat what pastor says <laughs> but that's why pastors trying to get you loaded up with bible Amen. And with Bible studies so that you can have confidence to tell the story over and over and over again to those little children that God has given you. Amen. Because that word will sanctify them. It will purify them. Amen. I'm telling you, you'll turn around one day and they'll be telling you they don't want to wear a certain piece of clothing. They'll be telling you, I don't feel comfortable with this on. They'll be telling you. Come on, somebody. You'll walk through Target and they'll cover their own eyes. Got really quiet, praise God. <laughs> don't know a little Disney devil when they see one. Yeah, I don't think pastor's going to preach like this and I know. But that happens. You could, you could drill it in them. You could drill it in them. But it's much more beautiful When that. The Bible doesn't say that God's word is as sharp as a sword. It's sharper than... Surgeons, surgeons have knives that'll cut you open and you won't even know what happened. And that's how the word of God is is sharper than any sword, any blade, and it pierces and it goes into the heart and the soul and it can speak to children. And it could speak to you, saint of God. Because there will be times when we ourselves, regardless of what we hear preached, will question how we're supposed to live. There'll be days when you feel like everything you know is dancing before your eyes. There'll be days you feel like you're losing your mind. There'll be days where you think, man, I never thought I'd have a nervous breakdown, and here it comes. And I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what will purify you, sanctify you, and consecrate you. It'll be just going through that word. I can remember times in my life where I really did seriously feel like I was about to unravel emotionally, spiritually. Cognitively, and I'm telling you, I put away all my books. I, I put down my phone and I read my Bible incessantly for hours and hours and hours and hours. And with every, I'm telling you, there's a big, and I, this is a whole other subject. There's a big difference between reading some pages out of the book of Matthew and reading the whole thing in one day. Praise God, you'll, you'll see things you've never seen. It'll, it'll, it'll revolutionize your thinking it will reboot your system praise God it will it will set your mind in order praise God it is a it it will regenerate you praise God it will renew you and it will consecrate you amen for the work of the ministry somebody say praise the Lord Lord. we're closing 20 and 21 Jesus says neither pray I for these alone here's the beauty this is why we're talking about this But I pray for them. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. I pray for them also, which shall believe on me through their, through their word. What's that mean? Jesus says, I am praying for these guys. But I'm also praying for those in 2021 that call themselves apostolic. For those who stand firm on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Amen. For those who understand. Amen. That when you look for the plan of salvation. You don't don't start at Romans. You start in Acts. I'm praying for those who understand that Jesus preached and practiced what Je- what Jesus that Peter preached and practiced what Jesus told him to. I'm I'm, I'm praying for them that understand, Amen. Like Paul, that some people got to get rebaptized, Hallelujah, Amen. I'm praying for them. Praise God. I'm praying for those disciples, for those Christians that are going to come for millennia after them, Amen. And that believe on me according to the words that they preached, Amen. And in case you have not noticed, we are what we are today because of the writings of the apostles praise god we have these beautiful writings that we believe in so many people uh, you know you have people that say you know why you believe in that bible amen I that was written by men thousands of years ago what they fail to tell you is there is no other document in all of antiquity that has more written come on, that has more written records, praise God, amen, of the life of a man. There's not even as many written records of Plato or Socrates as there is of Jesus Christ. There's not even as many written records, amen, of Buddha or Krishna as there are of Jesus Christ. There's not even as many written records of Muhammad as there are of Jesus Christ. Amen. And a lot of people may not even know this, but this is just a little history lesson for you there are sufficient enough documents that have not been canonized where christians were writing letters to each other throughout antiquity that you could put all those documents together and make a whole other gospel and it aligns to this gospel praise god but they already settled this argument a long time ago but i just want you to know these words these words are plenty evidence These these are good words to build your life on. These are good words to get you into heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Jesus prayed. Not just that his disciples would be one. But that East Bay Bible Fellowship would be one. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so what does this prayer look like for us today? God Help my brothers and sisters to realize that they have an apostolic legacy. We're not Protestant. I'm not protesting the Catholic Church. I, re- I wrote them off a long time ago. I'm not Protestant. I'm not protesting Catholicism. Praise God. If I'm protesting anything, it's Satan, sin, and worldliness, and false doctrine. But I'm not protesting the Pope. I read for myself that you're not supposed to call any man father a long time ago. I read for myself a long time ago that if a man desired the office of a bishop, he should have a wife. I'm not protesting none of that stuff. I am apostolic. My parents are not, but I have apostolic forefathers. I have a legacy. My wife is second generation, but she's actually multi-generational as are you 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 guys listen to me amen because I've, I've i've been now preaching for 20 years and i've preached at every church you can imagine and there's been days where i know that i'm the only person there amen that god went off the street amen and there's been a lot of times i've hung my head low and wondered if i even belong in some of the places that i belong but that's when i forget amen that i am founded upon the foundation amen of the apostles and the prophets i'm just as multi-generational as anybody else come on You are not new to this. (laughs) There's a whole lot of people that came before you. And most importantly, Jesus, when he was on earth, prayed for you. He prayed for you. And so today, God is challenging us to pass on the prayers. To pass on the prayers. For Jamie to pray for Jessica. For Brother Sandoval to pray for Pastor Prado. For Jesse Willoughby to pray for Daniel Trujillo. For for Daniela to pray. Amen for Leah. We pray for one another. We pray for one another. We, We get a list of the brothers and sisters in our church. And we pray. And we pray that God keep them. And we pray that God use them. And we pray that God give them full knowledge of who they are and what they're what their purpose in life is. And we pray that they be holy. And we pray that they don't fall into the hands of Satan. And we pray that God bless their children. And we pray that because they are the people of the name, that God would keep his hands on them. Amen. And bless them abundantly, rich and overflowing. Somebody say, yes, Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise God. Let's pray for our church right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray for a spirit of unity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.